All right, we are here again. Not only are we here, but Noah is back on the podcast <laughs> where he belongs. Here. I wanted to bring up, I wanted to bring it up last week because I was hoping you would be on the podcast, Noah, but you weren't because of more audio issues. But the first week where we had the audio issues. We were preparing for the podcast. You were f- trying to fix your issues. David was on the phone with you trying to help you fix your issues. I'm not hearing anything that's going on. But what I see is David looking at his phone. You're looking at your phone and you're like shaking your head. <laughs> and all I see is your like finger like tapping the phone. And I was like, this this is probably not going well. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I. And then I hear David, yeah, Noah's not going to make it. <laughs> David <laughs> came off mute. <laughs> Look, all right. This, there we go. But glad you're back. Jack, thank you for joining us again. Good to have you on. Four people means more fun. How's the weather for you guys? Oh, it's actually awesome. It's like 50 degrees like all, all week this week. And that's, you know, it's February. Um, this time last year, it was like negative temperatures, so things messed up. But, but you know, we're recording this on Thursday. Tomorrow is Groundhog Day, and so the groundhog oh, yeah. is going to come out, and it's going to be determining how things go from here on out. So even though weather is good here, I think things are in for an upset. <laughs> well, I've already been upset. <laughs> it is pouring out here and i oh, so i'm in san diego i live in the desert part not the beachy you know sunny oh, palm trees part i live in the desert so where i'm at is not built for the rain not only that i live in california and when it rains in california nobody knows how to drive anymore so i feel like well i was on the freeway i was getting on the off-ramp highway for you over you know east coast but um green light car stopped not moving and there's like four car length between the green light and where the car stopped in front of me and i'm i'm getting nervous because it's just raining like it's that's how it feels out here we're stopped nothing's gonna happen but just because it's raining, it just feels unsafe. Like everything, once you're driving in the rain in California, it, everything just feels unsafe. I don't know if it's like that when it snows with you yeah, guys. Yeah, uh, any kind of bad weather is like an automatic debuff to like everyone's intelligence while driving. <laughs> <laughs> it's because people are too cautious in those situations and they start driving stupider because of it. Like situations where it doesn't matter, like, there's that freeing kind of just flowing when weather is fine, but then mm-hmm. add that extra weather, something bad could happen, and then people make the bad things happen anyway because <laughs> because they're trying too hard to avoid a problem. I feel and, like it's both extremes where it's you either drive even more aggressively for some reason, or you don't care and you just drive like normal, or like you said, drive super cautiously. Yeah, which is yeah, like, well, it leads me to like throwing out a PSA for everyone. Um, PSA. The speed limit <laughs> is for ideal conditions. If it's snowing and you can't see in front of you and the speed limit's 55, you don't have to go 55. No. 
No. Just as a PSA for everybody, the speed limit is for <laughs> ideal. You have to go conditions. 60. <laughs> Thank you. Someone finally <laughs> understands. <laughs> you just don't go what the original speed is. It's either below or above, right? That's, yeah, that's just do what you want. It's, it means yeah. freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the only condition where I feel like, yes, go ahead and drive slow. Because otherwise, I'm like, drive the speed limit at the very least. I hate getting pa- behind people who are like 15 miles an hour underneath the speed limit. I'm like, you have a limit that you can yep. go at. Drive that at the very least. 65, most in California. I'm like, at least go 65. The, you have that limit. Okay. Use all of it. I, I get stuck behind people all the time. Like, we were... I, I was on the way to work and it goes from 35 to 45 in on this one road and brother missed both signs because dude's doing 30 like, and continues that un- while he's going through. And yeah, it, it was very frustrating because as soon as he goes, my car just roars by it. So I'm like, <laughs> I got to get up to 45. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, I wasn't sure if this would ever happen, but it actually happened. A couple of weeks ago, I actually got to meet David in person. Yeah. You came out to my neck of the woods, California, where it did rain a little bit, actually. But you <laughs> didn't have to drive in the rain, and eventually it got a little bit more sunny. Um, but... You're as small as advertised. You always talk about how small you are. And yes, this is true. Um, you t- we Tiffany, took you're talking together. to royalty. <laughs> no. um, hey, good, thing, good things come in small packages, just saying. Oh, I, hey, there is no argument here with that. Um, I'm trying to pull up the picture. Um, He's talking about the GPU he got from Amazon, okay? (laughs) No, it's CPU. It's CPU because NVIDIA does not share the good things come in small packages, ideals. (laughs) The the 5080 is going to be the size of a house. (laughs) I am pretty sure the 4080 is as big as David. Um, That is is my guess. Um, I'm trying to pull up. Oh, here it is. Oh, I can't. Oh, that's right. Streamyard doesn't let you do JPEGs. I'll put it in post. I'll put the picture in post. But anyway, um, so yeah, we got to meet before you, David. Got to do something yep. really cool. You got to go to the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth press event. So yes. yeah, what was that was like? So the fun thing is when you get there and you're under the impression reading all the embargoes. Hey, I can post about everything. And then you get an email afterwards, like when you're already home, that pretty much says, yeah, here's some stipulations. <laughs> so I had to go and change all of my stuff from preview event to press event. And the reason I say that is because as this is coming out, I got to play more of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Nice. At this event. Uh, it's right. really cool. I will also, it, this might be something you can do in post. Uh, I've got a cool video of walking into the space and it, it's they set up a, a sound stage for us with a bunch of uh, playstations and and just had a bunch of different stations around that you could sit down at and play uh, they had in over in the corner they actually had like a photo booth area where 
you could sit on a on a, a bench in front of a chocobo ranch which was really cool <laughs> like a, a little backdrop uh and then you also had a spot where you could do a green screen with either barrett's gun or the buster sword and of course i had to get some pictures with the buster sword because buster sword is awesome uh and very heavy in prop form <laughs> that thing was like 30 something pounds oh uh and, and like yeah that my face looks a little your strained. Limit that's uh, the steel series smash as i told jack yeah did you do it <laughs> I, I did not i did not want to destroy any of the space i was a little afraid too powerful yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> too, powerful, too powerful uh but yeah so we got to sit down and the the only fun thing was we didn't get as much time with the preview sections as we wanted to uh because they from what i heard from pr uh square wanted a little bit more in there at the last second which meant you had two hours to play a four-hour demo. <laughs> so we were we were just doing as much as we could, uh, but we got to play two different levels. Uh, both actually, this was the start of the game. The first level was the Faded Mount Nibel, Nibel I guess, mission. Um, and I start learning actually, B-roll. Is this is this okay? Yeah, you you can play this. This is actually this B-roll's from my original preview in September. So we are all in the clear. Oh, okay. On this. So all it's right. it's a lot of stuff that's going to be f- that's uh, actually some of that was a part of the demo that I could play, but I skipped intentionally. Um, but it's essentially Cloud telling the story of Sephiroth and Sephiroth kind of becoming a villain. Uh, spoilers. Uh, <gasps> Sephiroth's a villain. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm gone. He seems so. He seems so nice in Smash Bros. <laughs> Did you but, not hear all the feedback from your last review, video review, David? God, yeah, man, I know. All the, all, the spoil- all the spoilers, man. Uh, but it's with with the footage we played in this. Of course, like I said, this wasn't exactly what we played, but playing through everything in this it just feels really good to play like the all of the one of the things that i really enjoy about the remake is the combat's a lot of fun like you you have a lot of good hits all that kind of stuff there is something they have done with this game where and it might even be as simple as audio design but everything you do feels more impactful in rebirth than it does in remake like even just a simple swing of your sword feels more impactful uh like, like if it makes feel sense the weight like, of it I, it's like i feel the impact like the, that's the that's the biggest thing is when i hit i hit and i think i really think a lot of it is just good audio design because there's a lot of umph behind it when cloud slams down with braver you you hear braver hitting like it, it's just something that was already done well in remake but it's done so much better in rebirth like it, it's not something where they did a bad job in remake they just did a fan even better job in in rebirth so combat nice. it's going to be very familiar if you played the original ones uh, one of the things that they've added in this one is the synergy attacks and one of the things i really like with what they've done with the systems is the systems bleed into each other. So when you're fighting just your normal attacks, you're building the ATB gauge, which you can spend those uh, 
two points essentially to use your abilities or your spells or your items. Uh, and you continually build those back as you just land regular attacks. Now, the way that you get this synergy gauge, which are these big flashy attacks, they're not limits, they're, they're similar, but the flashier attacks is you spend your ATB gauge and, and you have to spend the other character's ATB gauge as well. So it's not just dependent on you, on you playing just cloud. You actually have to switch to other characters and different characters have different special attack tag team attacks with different characters that as you spend your ATB gauge, it builds, it it measures that, okay, you've spent three points with cloud. You've spent three points with Barrett. You can use this synergy attack now, and it does become more expensive. So it's not something you can, it's always the same as you use them, but at the same point, it's a really cool way to make these systems make sense so that they flow through each other. So as you're as you're doing all these different things, you're like, okay, well, this helps because I'm constantly building towards the next thing by using what I have here. It's not just it's not just that I'm watching another meter build up as I'm attacking. Uh, that's building slower than the rest of everything. Sure. Do you feel like that's like a something you're going to be using a lot, or is it more like the summons in the first game? But the summons were even lesser used. Like these. These are even easier to use. Uh, like okay, it, it so like feels like want, they're just they're just a little slower than your ATB gauge because of the fact of you're having to spend the ATB gauge and you have to spend it with each character that is a part of the tag team. Okay, so you you feel like you'd probably be using them like you know like like you're fighting a boss right now like you'd use it multiple times during this or like yes yes yeah. you can use okay. it multiple times during it and the cool thing with like i said the what they do to keep you from just spamming it is it costs a little bit more the next time okay when you're using these things so it's it's one of those things where they do that to keep you from again spamming things mm-hmm. but it feels good this is uh well this is not actually it this is just a cutscene I'll say that we all know this square makes some gorgeous games and all of the moments that happen in it. Like it's pretty awesome how they manage to make it feel, make it flow. Like, and that's maybe just something that they focused on in this game is just the flow, but none of these cut scenes that happen in the middle of the fights feel forced, which isn't something that you always get. With a game, a lot of times it's it breaks up your immersion, whereas Square has just done a very good job of making it flow into it. Um, beyond that, and, and this was kind of where I wanted to focus with talking about the game is the open world, because my first preview was more talking about just, oh, the game is pretty, this is how everything functions, and then a teeny bit about the open world. This one, we got to play a lot of the open world. Uh, once you finish that initial mission, once you finish that initial story mission, uh, you move forward into the city of calm and then you move forward into the grasslands and the grasslands is humongous. Like it, it, it's, it feels like that they have, and I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, but it feels like they're taking these a huge open world and kind of condensing, grabbing sections and you'll be exploring each of these sections of an open world. It does sound like you're going to be able to go back once you've already gone through 
these areas like the grasslands, it still functions. Your story still functions as a level. So it seems like you'll finish this and you won't just go to the next section of the open world. It sounds like you're probably going to still have some story based missions as you go through. But then you'll kind of move into the next big area and then move into the next big area. Maybe that's a thing of like the game loading easier. Uh, so you're not having a, as big of a persistent open world to be in. But they are just the, the grasslands itself felt humongous. Like the, the chocobos are not in this because, oh, we just we got to ride chocobos. They're necessary with like I started a side mission at a ranch to pick flowers for a, a girl that's in there to, to bring so that she can do something with them. Um, and it was on the map. Like they were doing that, you know, however many meters away or whatnot on the map steps, however, whatever it's actually counting. It said it was like 1800 steps, miles, whatever away. And it's like, how, how is this possible? <laughs> There are some games that you play, some regular video games you play, and that's like a lot of your map. Like, whereas <laughs> this is like, that's just a section. Like, I, I really feel like I'm like people might think I'm overselling how big Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is going to be. This is going to be massive with a lot of things to explore, to find. Uh, they do have towers in this game to help you find the missions, but the towers are not a pain in the butt. It's more go to the tower, activate it, and you're done. It's not client. It's not like the old climb the tower. Like you literally just walk up to it and activate it. That's it, and then it reveals stuff in the the area for you to go do. Um, Is there the- like a lot of like I just like fast travel points or something, or how does yes. that work? So one of the cool things with that is there are chocobo stops in the wild and you have the ability to go in to unlock it. You essentially reaffix the chocobo stop sign. So once you do that, it unlocks it. And one thing that I really like that I, I, I can't think off the top of my head of other games that have done it, but when I fast traveled to it, it, the game asked me, would you like to go on foot or on chocoback? So that way, instead of me having to just fast travel and then immediately have to get back on the chocobo, I was already on the chocobo ready to go to the next place. Like just little details really help <laughs> and are very appreciated <laughs> when you were trying to traverse around and stuff. And it it may not be a big thing because you can just whistle and bring the chocobo in. But just the fact that I can just immediately start going is nice. This might be a little bit in the weeds. I don't know if you can even talk about it. So like you mentioned, you went to a chocobo ranch. Like in the original game, you could raise chocobos and stuff. I mean, did you, do you have options to do that? Did it seem involved from what you saw? So the very first thing you do uh, to unlock Chocobo fast to unlock Chocobo travel is a race. So there will be plenty. I would imagine there will be plenty of races, especially the way that it was set up, uh, that it makes it sound like that throughout the regions, you're going to have options for for Chocobo race. There's there's a couple of different things that we that I got to do in the demo in the open world. One of the things I was concerned about from my time with the preview was 
can they fill the open world? Because the Junon area that you saw in there, there was only running around and fighting like some specific tougher creatures. Where at, essentially where it would you would go in there, there would be three conditions to get the world intel on those creatures. And you'd have to fight them and like stagger them or do certain things to them to like unlock that intel. And that was the only thing you could do in the original demo in September. Whereas there were five or six different things in the world of different styles of things I could do beyond just the normal side missions when I went to um, when I was in the grasslands. So like one of the things, uh, again, not spoiler or anything, there's like some unlocking Moogle shops. Those things look so weird in Moogles like in this game. It's kind of like Sonic. Not, like maybe not the original trailer Sonic, but somewhere in between like movie Sonic and original trailer Sonic, like they're right in between because it's like I so Kingdom Hearts is where I really discovered a lot of the Final Fantasy stuff. Uh, I, that was my introduction to it. And, you know, the, Mo- the Moogles in there were just these like cutesy little things and did the little whistle <laughs> And everything, mm-hmm. but these things were talking and like had feathers or something, and like kind of like th- I knew what they were, but it was that whole thing of I've seen Pooh Bear and now I've seen a real bear. <laughs> like it's like <laughs> that shock factor of okay, this thing looks a lot more real than I remember. <laughs> but it was so you wouldn't let one live at your house. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it, it it's really fun. Like they had some good little uh, side things and I'm looking forward to seeing like that the the more that they can do because that again it was it took longer to do some of the sections than we would have liked. So I I can't wait to get more time in the open world itself. Uh because it there was a lot of fun and a lot of exploration to it. Like it, it wasn't a plain open world. Uh, the grasslands was more than just being a grassland. Like when when I went up to find those flowers, I had to traverse like a a desert area where an old Mako factory was, and a uh, the pipe that was running the Mako into the town was. And there was even a a mission when I went into the town of getting a what was it? Uh, there was of getting a a mercenary getting a mercenary's help to fix a the pipe because it was leaking Mako. And so it was like all this interconnected kind of going around and whatnot. And just, just fun Uh, running around in the world. The encounters with enemies are totally different than they were in remake because in remake, it felt like you just couldn't skip fights. Like battles were (laughs) battles happen, whether you like it or not here, you can actually get away because of an open world. But they also have the benefit of if you go in and swing first, you are awarded first strike. So they give you a little bit of a bonus for going in first. And it's it's just neat to go around the world and just see like creatures walking around. Um, again, game is gorgeous. The environments are extremely detailed in all of these different areas. And there's just tons of different creatures to fight. Uh, it's also funny when you get at a distance and they start throwing things at you like the, the, I think it was the orcs <laughs> as I was trying to sit back and figure things out. They're just chucking crap at me. <laughs> um, but it's, 
does that start the battle? Uh, they they don't do that until the battle's already going. Like oh, okay. I I had actually re- you have to actually engage, and they did say in on the screen when I was looking at it, like they won't actually. Some creatures will not just straight up engage you. Some creatures you have to engage. Okay. So like this right here, obviously this is a regular level. So you're going to have to fight the creatures no matter what. Whereas in the, in the other one you're you don't have to worry about that. You um, know where one, they got that from, right? <laughs> original Street, final fantasy. Street Fighter six. <laughs> Street Fighter mm-hmm. Street <laughs> six. <laughs> yep. The um, new improved way to do battles. Did you want, <laughs> Did you play any what, of the mini games? Did they have any? I the only mini game that I got to ina- interact with was I did get to play the card game. The I think it's Queen's Blood is the name of it. Like what's really funny is you you go through all of this intense serious uh Mount Mountain Evil uh mission stuff and like these really heartfelt like if if you remember the original story Tifa's questioning whether Cloud's re- recollection of the events and you go through all of this you go to sleep you wake up and then on the door the innkeeper has left a little uh baggie or something that has a deck of the cards in it <laughs> So it's just like you went through all of this and it's like, hey, man, while you're in town, you want to play some cards? <laughs> so and it, it is lower attention. <laughs> it is really awesome, though. Like I was having I was having a lot of fun messing around with it. it. It seems like a really simplistic card game. So I'm curious, like the depth that it can get with the way that the board is and whatnot, but I played two matches and I, I lost both matches. But what was funny was the characters. Like one of the things that always gets people about final fantasies, the characters, like the, the personal stories in here are very real. Uh, you, you, I love all the characters, era Tifa, all of them. If you've already played like the original, if you played remake, you, you are connected with these characters, but I went to play cards with, somebody who was on the map that was designated as, cause there are different people. And I guess you're, you actually have like a, a reputation for the card game, like as like growing in it or whatnot. But I played this guy and his name was Crybaby Ned. And he was literally crying the, in, like the whole time of his dialogue. He's like, do you want to play cards with me? Yeah, that sounds like a, he's like, a Japanese he's like, character. The, the more I cry, the better I play. Oh, man, that's <laughs> a good strategy. It, it, <laughs> it, like, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, but it fits so well in this game, and it's hilarious. Like, and I don't maybe, like you said, Anthony, maybe it's ju- that's just a character for a like JRPG. Maybe I'm, I'm just so haven't played as many jrpgs so i don't recognize it as much oh, yeah. but it like that kind of stuff it just it makes me laugh it because i i look at that and i think I, it just the com comedicness of of everything going on it sounds like something you'd find in yakuza <laughs> yes yeah. they, they have fun with their throwaway characters <laughs> yeah and that's the thing is is crybaby ned just doesn't feel like a throwaway character and that's why that that's something that I hope extends to even more characters as you go through this game. Uh, but it, it definitely, it continues these heartfelt stories, these really good feeling things, personal stories. Um, they, they even go into, and this has been mentioned like in some of the different, uh, 
interviews and whatnot, but there is a relationship meter in the game with the, the different part characters in your party to actually let you know, like how your standing is with them. And it, I don't think it's necessarily romantic as much as it is. Like, how is your <laughs> you friendship? know what I'm maxing out? <laughs> wow. No, <laughs> that's the cloud action. Let's go. Yeah. yeah cause, so, T- so like T- they T- actually T- give you T- like T- a, a, a visible meter. You mean? Cause yes, there, there's cause, actually cause, like, it's a little smiley face that is. With okay. Them. So like, the, ori- actually, the original and the remake have like invisible versions of that, that like the side things. Yeah. So it, like I did and yeah. World's <laughs> and, and you get cues because like, for instance, doing that, that mission where I picked the flowers for the girl at the ranch, like the little girl at the ranch, it made Aerith happy. Like once I did it and, but the, the cue was there that it would make her happy in the dialogue when the mention, when the mission was brought to me. So like when, when, it was brought up that that was a mission possible. Eric's like, yeah, we should do it. Don't you always say we should be helping people kind of style thing. And it's like, it's an immediate thing of if I do this, it's probably going to make Aerith happy, which is going to make the, the, the meter better. <laughs> so Very realistic. Yeah, it'll be really, it'll be really fun to see how they incorporate all of it because that's a very, I, I love like not necessarily, I usually like the like infamous, the the moral like meters and stuff like Mass Effect, where your decisions legitimately <laughs> impact what's going on in the game. And like that relationship like said, in, in, in remake, that was kind of there, but like they really have an opportunity to go all out with it here in Rebirth. So it, it should be a lot of fun to mess around with. Um, one thing that is for certain, I will be taking a lot of pictures. Uh, photo mode is available right away. Uh, that was one thing I immediately went and checked for because I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to my Twitter X, whatever you call it account, but I am posting tons of screenshots right now from Twitter. we call it Twitter. Yeah, I, I call it Twitter. Uh, On this podcast, it's Twitter, <laughs> but I, I've I been made that rule right now. <laughs> I, I've been taking all kinds of screenshots of Final Fantasy remake because it's just gorgeous. And this game is even more gorgeous. So I'm just going to keep taking a bunch of actually what's funny is I had to keep myself from taking a bunch of shots while I was in the preview because you're playing on PlayStation. So I'm like, oh, photo mode. Oh, wait, I can't take I'm not supposed to do this. Mm. <laughs> it's his hand smacked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. The 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 two Shame game directors, you, David. The, the game director and producer were both there. Uh, Yoshinori and uh, I can't remember the director's name off the top of my head. But it was, and he comes over. No, <laughs> stop taking pictures. I use the little stick. Yep. That's use, the buster, the use the buster. Use <laughs> <laughs> the The prop. Oh yeah. Jeez, might actually take my hands off. <laughs> well, he'll do the omni. At least break them. <laughs> I'm glad you got out but, there and uh, got to uh, check it out. It's it's great. It's, it it, it really good. is. Uh, one last quick thing on it is uh, photo mode or not photo mode, uh, graphics mode is definitely the better mode uh, and it still feels good. Like I, I'm not sure if it's 30 frames or if it's actually running uncapped so it's running higher, but it felt it still felt good compared to like I know a lot of people are performance mode snobs, but th- it still felt good at, at graphics mode. Uh, here, performance right mode here. was... Like- <laughs> performance <laughs> mode was better, but I will say that at least in the build that we played... 
it did feel like there was a noticeable drop in graphical fidelity. So, and I know in that's performance that's, mode. You're uh, talking in about performance mode. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and, yeah, and typically as, that's obvious usually, but in a game like Final Fantasy, it really feels like visuals are just so important and great in these games. So, if they're doing if graphics mode, if they're doing a good job with it, it's worth sticking with it. And graphics mode was really good. So, so I I will say that is I I highly recommend playing in graphics mode. Test them both, but I think graphics mode is going to be the better mode to play. Yeah, I played at sixty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give Jack all the fun. No, what would you choose? Performance. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah easy, easy. Oh, An- Anthony, you gotta go. <laughs> uh, Anthony's not gonna play it at all because he doesn't have, have a PS Five. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it depends on the game. I, I I genuinely think it depends on the game. This game. I don't think I would mind playing in graphics mode. I don't. I don't yeah. think I would mind playing. A, a lot of gra- cinematic a- games feel okay. Like it's just because of the nature of the game. Cinematic usually doesn't suffer as much. If it still looks clean, yeah, I'll take the higher frame rate. I felt like it did. Um, okay. I, I know I said one last thing, but I do have another thing, and it's just in with about the open world is the feeling. Uh, most people know with Final Fantasy, like there's a, there was always been that feeling of the grind, and, and it, that was like a oh, big yeah. thing of you know, man, I've got to get past this boss. I got to go back, do some things, get myself to the level, and that is that is back here because of the open world. Like there there was a boss at the end of the the game that I got to fight, and I was under leveled and didn't have the right equipment and stuff. And in remake, that wasn't there. You just you could go from point A to point B. You're going to get to that level. The only real thing that you could do is use different materia. Whereas here, it definitely felt like a lot more of, okay, maybe I should go back and do some side quests, do some things that can benefit me to fight back against these things. Uh, As well as obviously get new materia and such. So it's nice to be playing this and, and have that old school Final Fantasy feel back. With, with that grind like it's that the grind isn't always bad it's just the way it's presented and they the like, way they have presented they it label, like for if you're doing a story mission or something did they tell you like what level you're supposed to be to do it or like do you have any I indication i don't remember seeing that okay <laughs> so i, I don't know that they give you the an indication boss, on it level 99 yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it felt like you just kind of it felt like it was still that remake natural just okay here's a marker okay. go to it um but I didn't look heavily into the actual like menu to see if the story had a, a recommendation for it. I feel like it's more of a, if I went back and got more powerful, it would work, but they, they could okay. be in there. I just don't remember looking at it. I imagine it feels good too, because especially in the open world, you can choose your battles. So yep. it's not like you're playing the original Final Fantasy and you walk three steps and you're in another fight and yep. all your party members are low on health and you're just going to have to end up going back to the kingdom you last saved at. So constantly everyone got turned into frogs. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly but surely. <laughs> so yeah, I, I can imagine that the grind feels much better here because you get to yep. control how you want to grind. That's always yep. a good thing. But yeah, as of the time of this releasing, 
Final Fantasy VII's Rebirth review is now up on Gaming Trend. Very nice. So, All right. Go check it out. We will. We will. All right. Well, everything podcast related was delayed this week. Um, if you pay attention to the show, you were like, where's the podcast? And so at the time of the recording, I uploaded it. I uploaded last week's today, which was supposed to be Monday. But that's because I was busy helping the other David, other David, a gaming trend, David Flynn, uh, play some Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. And, uh, and you know what? Sorry, I didn't care. This game is fun. I was having a great time doing it. I was like, sorry, podcast. You just going to have to wait a little bit because I'm having a a fantastic time playing this game. So what's interesting about this, I guess, in in contrast or comparison to Final Fantasy VII, where the combat, you know, it's smooth, it's buttery, it feels good and all that. You can feel the hits and things like that. Um, This one... It's got the smoothness. It's got butter. It's, it's, oh man, it feels really good. I'm playing on PC. I was getting probably 120 frames off of this. And, uh, I mean, it feels really, really good. I mean, you can look at the screen right now. Sorry for the podcast listener, but I mean, there's all kinds of crap happening on the screen and it is, it is nice. They bring out the anime in this, which is really cool because, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Grand Blue, which I only got familiar with it last year, I mean, it's a very anime kind of video game. So it started off as a mobile game, really became popular with the fighting game version, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. And then they redid uh, Versus with Rising. And now they have Relink. And they've basically taken everything from the fighting game and kind of repackaged it into a fully 3d game. All the characters are 3d. Some of their moves that they use in the fighting game have been repurposed in a three dimensional fashion and it looks really cool and it is anime as frick. So it it just, it's nice to be able to play something that is just like, Oh yeah, they just lean all the way into this thing and it runs so smooth. Um, But that's, the crux of this, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because we spent uh, the necessary time for Final Fantasy VII, but, I mean, this game is it's just fighting, and it's really simple, and it's really easy to do stuff, and it, it doesn't get terribly difficult um, until much later into the end game, but the entire time, you know, there's there's those beat-em-ups or there's games like these action RPGs where you kind of feel like you're doing the same move over and over and that can feel kind of boring at times. I don't know if that you guys have felt that this is that. Yeah. It's, it's in a lot of JRPGs. Yeah. This is that, but for whatever reason, it never gets boring. And (laughs) I don't know if it's the character I specifically played but uh, I chose Zeta as my main character. Zeta, excuse me, as my main character. She has this move where she kind of like hits a character and then flies back, and then you can dive back into the character and basically like keep repeating it, and the damage continues to increase as you do it. And for me, like the it's this all this this mini game that's happening within the combat, and that's interesting because I'm like, ooh, how many hits can I get before? You know, I I miss the attack. So it's like I'm always challenging myself to get 
as many hits and get as much damage as possible with this repeatable move. So that's with that specific character. I've, I didn't play a whole bunch of characters. I'm about to start doing that. But from the other characters that I have touched, they all play so differently, which is a breath of fresh air. I wasn't sure what that was going to be like, but they all play very different. Some are super slow, hit hard. Some are very fast. They don't hit hard. Some are, you know, kind of your mage types based on healing, a lot of long range attacks, um, different things like that. Some of their moves come out a little bit slower. Your timings have to be a little bit better with some characters. So they're, they all play very differently. You can't go from one character and just mash the button and expect like everything to happen. It's a mashy game. You could certainly mash, but you're not going to get the full benefit with all the characters just by mashing. So, um, I mean, it's an action RPG. So you're fighting mobs, you're fighting bosses, and, you know, like... <laughs> You played Diablo 4, you played any of the Diablos, like it's a very much simplified version of that. Um, there's no real like long dungeons or anything that end with a boss. Um, they have the story campaign, which leans into the anime stuff. They have, you know, voice characters, they have some cutscenes, but those are basically your dungeons. And once you're done with the campaign, you your end game is basically kind of doing all the story missions. Or like specific bosses or fighting just a bunch of mobs uh, in increasingly different difficult ways. And you're earning materials in order to upgrade your weapons or get new characters or a variety of other things. So it's super simple in concept, but I can't put it down. <laughs> like I just love playing it. Um, I'm trying to find all the people I could play with on this because uh, co-op is a lot of fun. Me and David played and just with us two, like it was just so much more fun to do it with somebody else. I think one of the more interesting things is you have a super move and if you time the super move, uh, if everybody has their meter full and everybody times their super move, you kind of do this like collective four person okay. attack. Um. And when you're playing co-op, it's easier to mess it up, but it's also more satisfying at the same time because, you know, you're kind of talking to like, you're, me and David weren't talking, but as soon as he used his move, I was like, all right, it's time. You know, <laughs> it, it kind of brings in a little anticipation with it. So uh, even without all the voice cues and stuff that you could have, there's a lot of different ways you can do things uh, to team up and it just feels so satisfying. Uh to do it so yeah this i played the demo and it was fun uh i went to the preview event it was fun i didn't honestly expect it to be this fun i really didn't i was like yeah i'm gonna have a good time with this i did not expect i would just want to keep playing this over and over again um and really like try to buff everything and get all my characters up to level 100 but that's that's what i feel right now it's a it's a really it's a really good game i think if you i wouldn't necessarily call it mindless that you could kind of play it in a mindless action way to a certain point once it gets to the more extreme difficulties then then you really have to start thinking but yeah in terms of a game that you could kind of kind of button mash a little bit 
Um, have a good time with your friends. It's easy to get into. It's almost, you know, just you, you don't even have to understand the story and stuff. There's plenty of ways to get caught up if you want to. But even if you don't, you just like anime fighting and stuff like that. Like this, this is absolutely worth it. it it's a lot of fun. I just, <laughs> it's kind of something I almost can't explain. It's just a lot of freaking fun. So, and I guess just because I, I'm familiar with this game and just and to the extent that like Platinum Games used to be the developer for this game, like because this this game's been like in development for like six, seven years or something crazy like that, and Platinum Games, who did like Bayonetta and that kind of stuff, they got fired like two years into it. Um, I didn't even know that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, when you're saying it's mostly combat, I mean, is that so? Like, is it like all combat? Like, there's not like levels it's like you're just fighting guys pretty much and you're collecting treasure because that's kind of what it looks uh, like yeah well the campaign which i'm not showing for spoiler reasons but um, okay yeah there there's the campaign it lasts uh it took me probably 15 hours because i you know i watched all the cutscenes i listened to everything it took me a little longer but um that stuff is more of like the dungeon type of stuff okay so you're kind of running through you fight a mob you know you beat the mobs you've you fight a mini boss you're running through you know i mean it's very that is very arpg ish I, I guess what i'm wondering is like does it feel like an actual like full rpg or is it kind of just a lot of combat stuff oh in terms of like the rpg stuff yeah uh, it, it's simplified it is very yeah. simplified i don't know if you've played uh the original grand blue fantasy versus so they the take, fighting game yeah yeah so they take that rpg element and repurpose it into relink and made it okay. way better and actually useful. So, uh, again, like upgrading weapons, like in, in grand blue fantasy versus like you had to get like a billion weapons to upgrade your actual weapons. Like it was just a weird system. It didn't make any sense. This is like, no, you need a certain amount of materials to upgrade your weapon. If you don't have that, you can't. And, uh, you can forge new weapons and upgrade those. You can, uh, they do have a skill tree. The skill tree though is not as, um, in depth as like a Diablo or maybe a path of exile or even like a borderlands. Um, it is more so just a method to unlock buffs. <laughs> so, so really you're looking to unlock everything in the skill tree and it goes really long. So, um, that's, that's what that's, it's not really to make builds. For example, okay. you can do builds in this, um, but it's more so builds that you use to combine with the rest of your party. So every character has an element attached to them, fire, earth, grat, you know, all that kind of stuff, water and certain, obviously certain enemies and bosses have the weaknesses. So you could choose certain moves or certain characters that can fit against those things. And then you can also choose moves that might combine with other people very well. Um, And then in terms of your weapon choices and whatnot, um, that's, that's pretty simple, but uh, certain weapons do have, benefits that come with them so maybe you do more stun damage or maybe you do more crit damage so the kind of weapon you also choose goes with that so um so that but it's not 
deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so I, I was kind, I, I was kind of like wondering just, yeah. Cause my, when I think of a platinum game, it's like, you're kind of going in straight lines, just killing enemies all the time. And so I guess I wasn't sure if that was all this one is or like how involved it was, or like if it was a I full mean, RPG or not. Yeah. It's not like a full RPG, yeah. but it, it has some RPG elements in it. It's, it. Again, it's just, it's not, yeah. it's not deep. Um, but it ha- you can put some thought into it if you really wanted to like min-max your damage, yeah. which when Got you get it. into the end game, you kind of start having to do that um, if you really want to get that far. Um, but you don't have to. That's, that's kind of the nice thing. There's enough characters where it's just like, you know, if, if you get to the part where it's just like, ah, I don't feel like dealing with anything too tough and whatnot. I mean, there's plenty of characters you can play as and it would take it would take a while for you to get to you know, the, the much higher levels where it starts getting difficult. So there's plenty of fun. And then you can start a, a whole new file. Like they have three yeah. save files. So like you want to really start all the way over, go for it. So it, it's, 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 it's beefy. It's a beefy game. There's a lot to it. It's just, it's simplistic, but it's so satisfying as well. Like it, it's the nice kind of simplistic. That's it's, cool. It's nice. Just, I've been waiting or a grand blue game in the genre that I'm willing to go into or that I've played before. So I'm not a fighter gamer at all. You're a lover. I know um, <laughs> very much. So yeah, I love the uh, visual art style of grand blue. I'm um, especially in the, in the anime. And so I heard that, you know, they were making like an RPG action ish 3d game. And now that it's finally out, and we're getting to see what it's like, and a lot of people are saying really good things. It makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah, if I'm glad you, it turned out okay. <laughs> yeah, I had I had a I had imagined it was going to be good. I just I did not know it was going to be as good as it is. So, um, and nearly, and also as as much as there is to do. But Noah, if you get it, get it on PC. Oh, you don't have a PC, do you? <laughs> Ten points for Gryffindor. <laughs> <sighs> I can't find anybody who has it on PC. God, freaking PlayStation marketing. They should have crossplay. They don't, for whatever reason. That that's one of the downsides. It does not have crossplay. Uh, I don't know if they plan on adding it later. Um, but as of right now, yes, it does not have. If they want to, if they want seventy bucks out of me, they will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, that's the only disappointment. My brother had to buy two copies so he could play with me. So he, he was fine with it because he was like, "Yeah, I." He played twenty five hours of the demo, so he was already oh, sold. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, he he was he was ready to go. Um, but yeah, no, this, it's a fun game. I really do enjoy it. I would encourage anybody who just likes action, even if you just like action like this, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, all right. So, uh, you know what? I, I was going to, we were going to talk state of play next, but you know what? Let's do the wheel of questions before we do state of play. (laughs) Let's let's have a little fun here. All right. Let me put up. uh, Finally, finally we can have fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Video games, gosh, who wants to do that? <laughs> All right, we'll spin the wheel. Let's see what question we get. Uh, uh, wow, wow, that is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> of course, this is the first question. 
All right. So there's a conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) I did did not do anything for this question. All right. There's backstory to this. So if this was a product placement (laughs) plug, if we could be (laughs) perfect. I know it would be great. This podcast brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So what's funny is I think they actually did hit us up once. (laughs) Oh, did they? I think at least once. But here you go. You get a chance again. Go ahead and hit us up again, Manscaped. (laughs) Yeah, right. This would be perfect. Um, Yeah. So basically, so I was talking with my brother and he started telling me about how he used Manscaped. And I was like, yo, like, okay, good. Good for you. I would never try that. So I had I, I had to ask we're on a podcast with a bunch of guys. Would you ever shave your crotch? I'll go first. No. Oh, go ahead. Everybody's too scared to, I guess. Yeah, no, <laughs> Come on. no, because I'm not even going to take the chance. I'm just going to use the uh, the hair removal, like, cream oh, lotion. No, that sounds even worse. <laughs> no. He's going to burn it off. <laughs> Scorcher's policy. Bro, bro, just drop some gasoline down, drop a match, and that sounds awful. Okay, okay, would okay. Would you rather eat a spicy chicken sandwich from Chick Fil A or chew with a bunch of knives in your mouth? Like, I don't want blades near it. I'm just, I'll take a little heat to avoid blades around my cross. Yeah, it's just a little heat. If I'm, no. if I'm. <laughs> How sensitive are your balls? Like, oh, am, I, am I the outlier here? I, I feel like. Well, I mean, how sensitive? On my side? Every, every every guy. This, this is gonna this is gonna sound really funny. Trim, yes. Shave, no. Like, like, no. Oh, that I, I got to be very careful at not being too close. You'd have the prickies. but your answer is no, right? You would not I mean, shave. No, not on full on shave. No. Okay. Yeah, I no. Uh, no, <laughs> no, yeah, blade. I'm with you on the blades part because, yeah, all it takes is just one nick and it's or, like, or it I came could over. get really creative and do it like a bonsai tree and just like it's a lot of effort. <laughs> that does sound- <laughs> it's dedication. <laughs> I feel like you would have a whole problem with that. Like, there, there's all kinds of risks. It's risk. just a funny concept, though. <laughs> It is. It is a weird concept, but hey, you know, apparently it's big enough. You know, like I, you think something like Manscape comes around, it's like nobody's going to do that, and then you realize, wait, they're still around. <laughs> they're yeah, still they're, selling this stuff. They're doing good because everybody in their uh, friend's channel is sponsored by it. That or they're not doing good, and that's why they're having to sponsor all these streams. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Jack, what, does never say about, what does it say about the market though of like people watching YouTube videos that they gotta like buy out these specific sponsors? Like these are the people that are gonna shave <laughs> down there. <laughs> but but uh, my answer is no, I'm way too lazy. I can't even like keep up with shaving here. So <laughs> you see, you're doing all right unless unless your your face hair it, doesn't grow it, that much. You you can tell you can tell when I days I like go have to go to court and which days I don't. that's 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 a good point that's almost the exact same thing of uh like when i when i don't shave you can tell when i have to do the sermon at church and when i don't (laughs) (laughs) i think a little face hair is 
all right. You know, as long as it's upkept. Uh, yeah, so that, that, and he just brought it up to me. I was like, yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> I just, like, when, when do you. I just asked you like, what you wanted from Wendy's. Like, that's, you didn't have to go there. <laughs> I just don't know when you would actually decide, like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. Today is the day. What do you feel that is like, it's gotta go? Just put, it out, put it on the calendar and just mark it day. CS. All right. Um, all right. Well, don't worry. Don't worry, David. That question's off off the platter now. <laughs> it, it was the it was the horror of crap. It's that question, but then followed by the relief of oh, we don't have to answer that again. <laughs> oh, if it pops up again next week, week, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be asking questions. <laughs> He's gonna want receipts, bro. This ain't the wheel no more. Week, that means we got sponsored. Yeah, you, got, you have to come up with a different answer next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. More, for a uh, yes or no th- question I wonder which <laughs> <Yeah>. one <laughs> <laughs> alright David that'll let you lead the state of play stuff state of play okay so there was a state of play the other day and like honestly this almost felt more showcase to be honest with you because this was much more meaty than most of the state of plays that we've gotten recently like we've gotten decent ones but it's like they've always been these shorter programs where you get like 20 30 minutes there's not there's a lot a lot of indie kind of stuff and not that indie stuff is bad it's just sometimes it sometimes some of these shows feel like they're really scraping it like anything they can get in the show or whoever's going to pay them the money for it but this time it really felt like Sony was like look we haven't done anything in a while we need to show off why you should have a PlayStation. And there were some really good things here. We still need more first party. Like we've talked about that before. We really don't know what Sony first party is doing at the moment, but we had a lot of really good, just Sony partners, not necessarily, not just that they're third party. These are like funded games from Sony. So did, and this did is everybody, did everybody watch it? I didn't. I, I watched I did. it. Uh, I watched it live. But okay, I always I, I've, do. I've been seeing a lot of people saying they were disappointed in it. I I don't know how you're disappointed in it. Like, especially given the state of the state of plays. Like, this is one of their best state of plays. So, are, is it that the others have been bad? So, now that you have lower expectations, no, this feels the, good? The, well, it is. There are lower expectations. But, yeah. I mean, this was generally good video games. Like... Like these were good like, video games that got shown off yeah. stuff that you can be excited about. Yeah, and like, yeah, and I get that it won't fit everybody's cup of tea, but these were good. Well, it's like just because we didn't get a ton of first party, you know, reveals or anything, that doesn't make it a bad showcase. Well, you always complain. If it is, it's people that are silly, honestly, because yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't figure that we would get anything of first party nature. I feel like they would I felt like they would call out if it was specifically if they were gonna have a lot of first party there. Like and they didn't. So Yeah, my, my criteria sense. for these kinds of things is always like, is there games I'm gonna actually want to play? Because that's never a guarantee for any of these. And I mean I was satisfied with it. I mean it's I, I, I would say it it's great. at least equivalent to the Xbox show in terms of quality stuff. So I mean it, yeah. it was it seemed good. 
Yeah, I you mean very, to say it was only good as good as X? Oh my god! Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> well, this one had Sonic the Hedgehog. A minus. So that's okay. a B plus, A minus. <laughs> Automatically. Um. So starting out, and this is—I don't believe this is in any a particular order. I don't think it's like a actually an order of the the actual announcements. Um. But let me go. I'm gonna drop towards the bottom of this and go back to the top because it feels like they were they had the bigger stuff at the top um until dawn is getting a remake uh another one of those things that you don't think maybe needs one but it is getting one it's from studio ballistic moon there's actually some rumors that ballistic moon has actually been acquired by sony last Mm. year so be very interesting if this is kind of there. Are are they going to be similar to Blue Point in remaking, remastering, maybe bringing back series, something like that? You never know. Um, Noah, you were shaking your head about uh, Until Dawn need not remake. needing a remake. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. I did hear, though, that it looks like this is more than just a regular remaster in the sense that they're actually looking to add some like new story to it. Maybe there was some cut content or whatnot that they're going to be putting in the game. Maybe it's this is almost a director's cut more than it is just a remaster. So, you know, if, if you're a fan of that so game, then that's fine. that's a cool thing to me. Uh, again, I, I, I don't think it was the star of, of the show. I, I didn't really play a lot of it, but I thought it was cool with the little bit I so, played. Like when I played it until dawn, I think this was like one of the last games I did for Silicon Era. But like I finished it and like. This is one of the few games I felt like where I didn't feel like this needed to be a video game. And if it was like a movie, mm. I think everyone would hate it. <laughs> so <laughs> what's what's fun is I think they said that there, uh, I think there was a rumor somewhere that they're looking at this being picked up to be a movie. Yeah. Funny I mean, enough. So like it, it would Jack. make sense. That would make sense as to why they're remastering it. Because well, once it gets bad reviews, then my again. dream will come true. <laughs> yeah, but then it'll become it, a cult classic. So, <laughs> I I watched a playthrough. Oh, okay. Yeah, just because I don't. So you so you saw the movie version, basically. <laughs> and then you know we're getting a better quality picture, you know, when the remake comes out. So that's like, yeah. No, all right, there you go. And po- possibly again some some story tweaks. So that would be it'd be neat if they're adding in again. If you're doing like a director's cut kind of thing, I mean Zack Snyder gets away with it. Why can't they? Yeah, and the game is already like six point. hours long, so it's a Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, uh, Rise of the Ronin. Uh, the uh, something I thought that was really cool that Sony decided to do in this showcase was that they did extended looks like these weren't just new trailers for these games. They gave us actual like talk over like developer giving some insight like a dev diary. To, yeah, like a little dev diary. So it was more than just a regular trailer. It, it gave you this is what the game is. And that's something that I'd like to see more of because I don't feel like enough I feel like more people just give you these vague trailers and flashy, like you're talking about in general or just CG in general. In general, because it feels like yeah. we get a lot of non-explained games, whereas this you get actual like this is what you're doing in this game. This is how you do this, like, and you don't have to do it in this like 20 minute thing. You can do a quick 
this is what, like maybe three to five minutes. And it's a really good explanation as to what they're doing in the game. This looks so Koei Tecmo though. This, yes. This, oh yeah. I mean, the jank is Koei Tecmo. Yep. The look of it uh, feels all of it, but I don't Which know. It's made for, it's made from team Ninja. This is their jump into like from Neo and Wulong into this. Uh, kind of, it's like that. It to me, it feels like they went, took Neo and put it in Ghost of Tsushima, because like, that's essentially <laughs> that what this is. Is like a Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, it's. It, I I love Ghost of Tsushima. So, yeah, it looks cool, and I I, I mean, it's kind of like Neo. I mean, it looks more faster, like it's faster, more involved. It's not like the Souls kind of thing where you're like it's clunky, yeah. necessarily moving, and he's got the grapple hook where he's flying around. So. It, I like that they're branching out a little bit. I mean, it, the team ninja that I like is the Ninja Gaiden team ninja. Oh, dude, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Until back when they three. made good games, but but, but um, yeah, well, until yeah, yeah. That's I don't know how I'm <laughs> the video clip with the flamethrower. <laughs> you kind of, you kind of, sorry, you kind of stunned me when you brought Ninja Gaiden three. I had to think about that. Um, <laughs> I'm not but, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're you're absolutely correct. <laughs> I do like aspects of the combat, though. It does feel like the AI. It it, it, it almost feels like a, a fighting game. Almost like you can't just go in and just do stuff. Um, like especially this part right here. There's a lot of thought to what you're doing. Yeah. It, it, for a second, I was like, "Is this dude playing like another human?" Like the, the way they're reacting, kind of the way they're blocking and clashing and things like that i'm like it feels like you know you're playing an actual somebody else um which is a nice feeling to have i wish more you know fighting you know these kind of games these action games had ai that acted smarter yep well i don't i don't think it'll necessarily get there but like we can't forget that sekiro managed to win game of the year uh when it came out so there's a market a big market for this and this could be really good I think it'll be fun. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. It looks promising. I, I like the gameplay. It's, well, you, uh, it's very fast. Well, you know, with Team Ninja, you're gonna get fun gameplay. Like they they have a thing mm-hmm. with figuring out fun gameplay loops, and this with like all of these different traversal options, uh, all of these different combat options. Like it just seems like there's a lot going on uh, to keep things varied, so you're not doing the exact same thing over and over. It looks like it. March 22nd, 2024. <laughs> yep. The other thing that's coming out March 22nd is Dragon's Dogma 2. And we saw another trailer right. for Dragon's Dogma 2. And I'm I'm not as familiar with this game, but I'll say this. It looks really <laughs> good. Like, that's the easiest way to say it is it looks really good. What are your yeah. thoughts on it, Jack? I'm super excited. I mean, so Dragon's Dogma is like a weird game where I think if you look at the first one, it's kind of unappealing like if you look at it you, you can't really understand it unless you actually play it um because it's like it's a it's an ugly game and like it's not in a very interesting fantasy world and hey, what do you mean by not, ugly this doesn't look ugly no i'm talking about the first game and so yeah, the okay. first one did look a little janky <laughs> sure yeah, yeah okay and yeah. and so like but if you actually play it it's like one of the most smartly designed games ever i think i feel like it's got like the way it sells its fantasy world and like in terms of like the enemies, like, you know, you're walking around a path and you, cause a lot of like open worlds, it's kind of like, here's a bunch of stuff and you just walk it. It doesn't really matter where you're going. 
Mm-hmm. But the way they design their world in this game is like if you, you go on the normal path and it's generally safe and you go outside the outskirts, it gets more and more dangerous. And it's like it feels like a real like world where you're really going out in the wild and you're in danger all the time and you have to like keep track of like not just yourself but your party and all this kinds of stuff. It's really but yet at the same time it's not like it's complicated. It's kind of like an arcade beat 'em up combat. Like it's kinda like Devil May Cry oh, okay. sensibilities to the combat. But That's with all this, like, with, with like all this depth to the world, in terms of like just making it feel like it's an exciting and fun game to explore, and so when you see Dragon's Dogma two, I mean, a lot of it, it kind of feels like Dragon's Dogma one, but with like a budget and like time to like actually finish it. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it looks great, and I mean, it's all the features and new like classes and stuff we're talking about look so look great. I mean, it looks really fun. I mean, I. You know, it's kind of like the dream version of Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> um, kind of like you said it's more action beat 'em up because I was wondering if it was more Dark Soulsy because no, it just well, I mean, had that feel, but I guess not. I don't know anything about Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, I mean, you, there, there's you can kind of compare it to Dark Souls, but it's not like it's not meant because Dark Souls, the way those games are made, they're kind of meant to troll you a little bit. I've right? always they're, heard they're, more Monster Hunter, like in regards yeah, to this, like okay. It, it, well, it's it's more arcadey and it's more it gives you more options to survive. It's not out to kill you right away. I mean, there's some challenging parts to it, but sure, like with the creatures it, you fight, you can actually climb around on like their back yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you like, can go do, the, do all kinds of crazy kind of mo- stuff. That's what when I say monster hunter, like that's part of it. So sure, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh it looks fun. I yep. didn't know this was what Dragon's Dog. I actually thought it was like an RPG, like a Western RPG, but I guess not. It, it, I mean, visually, it, it tries to be that, it's, but it's a it's a <laughs> Japanese take on a Western RPG. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's like, a good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. No, okay, I'm, I'm gonna check. I hope it's coming to PC. It, I think it, it is. is. Yeah, I'm almost 100 percent sure it is. All right. Yeah, it is. It is. It's coming to PC. Excellent. <clears throat> One of the unexpected announcements that we got was Metro Awakening. There's a new Metro game coming out, and it's for PlayStation VR. Uh, it's from a VR studio called Vertigo Games. Uh, I fondly remember the other Metro games, love the Metro series. Uh, this uh, interesting survival shooter where you're in it's based off of a book series called Metro 2033 where you're sur- surviving in this post-apocalyptic fallout type world and like as much as I love the series I don't know that I want it on my face cuz one of the very last clips in that trailer is of something jumping at your face and I hate that <laughs> And Same. I don't know if I can handle that. And, you know, it's just these mutant creatures and stuff. So it's going to be crazy. But like it, if they can retain the storytelling, like it, as long as this doesn't become just a another spinoff shooter, like and they can retain the storytelling that's in the Metro games, like this will be a very good VR game. Like that the story is is the reason that that series is so good because you just love the characters you love paying attention to what's going on and then they can really do something great with this my my curiosity of course would be is is awakening going to lead into the next game is there are they going to somehow find a way to tie it in 
because one would assume that uh, 4A, I think it is, is working on the next Metro game because they've been working on it for a while because Exodus came out the same week, day, or month as um, Anthem. So it's been a second. Oh, wow. So so they've they've got some work to do. (laughs) And hopefully we'll see the next new Metro game, but a lot of times you wonder if these kind of things are the prime the pump kind of thing of somebody had an idea, they turned it into something and isn't going to come out, but uh, this actually comes out quickly. It's in 2024. It's kind of crazy that, you know, they announced it so quickly. So sweet. Um, One of my games that I am most anticipating, I don't know that it comes out this year, but I hope it does. Judas coming from Ken Levine, the Bioshock creator, his new studio, Ghost Story Games, which is uh, Take Two is helping with this. Uh, This looks like Bioshock 4. Man, I am. Mm -hmm. You could have tiled it Shia Bach 4 and I would have gone for it, man. Like, I don't care. Like, they can do whatever they want. I'll, I, Ken Levine is an incredible storyteller. I've heard he's a bit of a character behind the scenes. I'm and sure he is. I hear he demands perfection. And part of the reason Bioshock Infinite took so long to come out is because he kept not being happy with things and wanting to change certain things. So I Did hope that like doesn't Bioshock happen with Infinite? this. I loved Bioshock Infinite. Okay. Uh, bio, the original Bioshock is still, in my opinion, the best one. Bioshock Infinite and 2 and th- Bioshock 2 is number 3. That does not mean Bioshock 2 is a bad game. It just means it is not as good as the other two. Because <laughs> you've got the <laughs> yeah, 10, think, the 9.5, and the 9. <laughs> I think I like 2 the best. <laughs> oh. Contrarian, I see there, Jack. Contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> but this stuff you watch the gameplay here this is ju- this is bioshock like in th- it yep. that makes me happy though because we we don't have a lot of these kind of games anymore like we don't i just don't see a lot of these kind of games out there i think i mean we had uh not atlas was it atomic heart was atomic heart that's atomic the heart. close that's the closest yeah. we've had to it but there's and even a nice game kind of like Bioshock, coming right? for Xbox, I think. It was a steampunk-ish kind of game. Um, yep. I forget the name of it, but there's that one. And now Judas. Yeah. Like I said, the, it's it's been a second, and this is just like... This is just my... I, I'm a big Bioshock stand, so I just can't wait for this. Like I, I've, I've been waiting a very long time for anything Bioshock oriented and this is going to be as close as I get right now. I love the fact that it's taking place on a space station. Uh, like it's again, he's, he did these different, he's gone to these different settings and it's worked. So I'm really excited to see what he does in this setting. Like apparently he took, the you, story, underwater. He took you into the air. Where else is there to go? Space space. <laughs> apparently you're in this, you're in this, place and you're trying to watch out for people that might betray you or something like that i mean that would be part of the whole judas idea so just again some very interesting ideas that he has when it comes to telling a story that i can't wait to see it the biggest thing is i i feel like i get to the that reveal in his games and my mind is just blown like that it's kind of like watching 
the, the prestige or inception and these things where you just get these moments of, Oh my goodness, that's what was happening. And yeah. Ken Levine does a very good job of telling these stories where you just don't know what's happening. And when you realize it, it's just like, man, we've been, he's been telling us this the whole time and we didn't get it. <laughs> like, would you kindly <laughs> like that is, yeah, that is like one I of the that greatest. I I didn't feel like I got that as much in Bioshock Infinite. I felt like he was he trying. Really that was a very well. That, that was a very in, that was that was more of a. It almost felt like you had to get to the end of the game to get it. Like, yeah, because at the end of the game, that reveal was pretty intense. Sure, With yeah, the whole Comstock stuff and and the 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 final baptism, as it were. <laughs> But I really like the tagline on this. Fix yeah. what you broke. I was like, oh, yep. what does that mean? <laughs> like, yep. yeah, I am interested. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> it really got my attention. You can like, okay. you can ask Noah. I was giddy with glee at when we were watching Game Awards in the theater uh, in 2022. And the first trailer happened. It was right after he was giddy with glee because of Hades. So it's like we were both Hades, we were both yeah. immediately giddy with glee. <laughs> about video it was like the very beginning of the show like man we can leave now <laughs> we're both ha- we're both happy <laughs> um one that is a little more controversial uh silent hill 2 got a of all things combat reveal trailer oh i forgot to download that one holy crap <laughs> So uh, apparently they are going more Resident Evil with this because you got to be able to shoot things. And I don't know anything about Silent Hill. Well, how but about, I know enough buy, to know that this is not does not seem to be what you're supposed to be doing in Silent Hill. Let, let's combine both the Silent Hill topics. I, okay, I, I go think ahead. Okay, and then all right, and then <laughs> the other thing that happened was they really quickly put out a game called Silent Hill: The Short Message. It's actually free to play. It's out now. It is a PT style game, so uh, very interesting. That of course they led with the Silent Hill: The Short Message, which sounds like it was probably the better idea. Um, what wow. I did find really funny about Silent Hill Two is at the end it said "in development." We didn't get a date. <laughs> So they're still working on it. And that's yeah, kind of surprising imagine. that yeah, but it's been announced for a while and it was kind of surprising because you felt like it was this year. It's like I think they even said that it's supposed to be this year and we yeah. got nothing. Like they didn't even put at the end twenty twenty four. So it, it does make you a little hmm. Which, like I said, Jack seems like he has thoughts, so let's let Jack give us his thoughts here. I sure do. So <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Get in here. So, so the problem with Silent Hill and with really with Konami in general is, you know, like all their iconic franchises um, from like the two thousands. You know, Silent Hill, <laughs> Metal Gear, you know, Castlevania, all those stuff, all that stuff. Um, all of those were successful because they were attached to specific creators. Um, you know, obviously Metal Gear Kojima and Castlevania had Koji Igarashi with the Metroidvania Castlevanias and then Silent Hill had Team Silent. And so over the past 15 years, they've kind of systematically gotten rid of all of their creators, but they're still left with the franchises. <laughs> um, and so for Silent Hill, I think it's, tough like i i'm i'm a big silent hill fan i'd say 
at least with the first four games where Team Silent made them. And after that, it's kind of like being a Silent Hill fan is almost like a burden where like they release new things and it's like, well, here we go again. <laughs> I have to ask, what did, you, what did you think of PT, uh, Ko- Kojima coming to that project back, PT, back then? So I think with PT and really with everything they release is Silent Hill, it doesn't feel like Silent Hill. And I was okay with PT because Kojima makes cool games. I'm excited for that. And so that's kind of the way we'll get all this new Silent Hill stuff is like, well, maybe it's cool, but it's probably not Silent Hill. Um, so like they released the the short message game and I actually played that all yesterday. Mm. Um, and then they also have the Silent Hill 2 remake. And yeah, so like the, you know, like David said, it's the short message is kind of like, oh yeah, we had PT and that was really popular. So let's try to do that as a, as a new game. Um, and it, you know, the way it's, this is, this is the official gaming trend review of Silent Hill, whatever it was called. <laughs> That's not um, good if you can't even remember what it was called after two seconds after uh, saying the title. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like a three hour game. No, probably less than that. It felt like three hours, but I think it was shorter. Um, <laughs> um, and what do you mean you I know, played it, 20 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> well, and so I didn't hate it, but I also don't like it. Um, so that's, 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 the, that's in summary of it. Um, <laughs> but so, I mean, there's two sections to it, right? So there's one is that you're walking around slowly, you know, just kind of like the game, like feeds you the story. Like you look at items and stuff and like, here's the story. And then the other section is like monsters attack you and you have to run away from the monsters and like go through a maze or whatever. And then you get to the end. And so the entire game is segmented into two spots like this. And it kind of alternates in between different, those different styles. Um, So like when I think about Silent Hill, what makes the first four Silent Hill games good is that, you know, they have a unique sense of horror to them. Like you see the monsters or you see different rooms and it's creepy, but you like, you don't also really understand what you're looking at. There's kind of an ambiguity to all the horror of it, right? Well, that's certainly there. Well, at least in this. <laughs> it, well, we'll get to the Silent Hill 2 remake. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, and in the short message, what really stands out to me is nothing about it is ambiguous at all. It is very in your face. Um, you know, like, it's so concerned that you won't get it. And, you know, I'm not even, normally I wouldn't talk about the story and stuff, but it, it spoils what the entire story is about in the first second by giving you a content warning before you even start the game saying, warning, this game has themes of like suicide, bullying, and violence. And so that's what the entire game's about is like, you're like a teenage girl and you're kind of dealing with like her trauma of like bullying and suicidal thoughts and that kind of thing. And so that's the premise and it's just like you're walking and you're looking at stuff and she'll like spell out how she's feeling about every little thing she looks at. She's like, Oh, this makes me sad. Or like, this makes me, Oh, I wish my friend liked me more, that kind of stuff. And it's like, like if you're playing a normal Silent Hill game, like even the Silent Hill two remake, I'm sure is like, they don't, they don't just tell you what the story is. Like they don't just put like they don't just like say, here's the dialogue, here's what it is. They don't tell you how James is feeling about every little thing. Um, There's no tension, it sounds right, like. Right, 
Right. What well, here? <laughs> so, um, I mentioned the content warnings too. So, like, I think in, in some ways it's kind of admirable that they're doing a story that tackles these themes, and I think in some ways it's effective too. Like, let's, here's the praise I'll give it: is that I think the str- the the sound design and like the general aesthetic of it is pretty good. It's pretty effective. Um, for the most part. And it like blends in some like real life footage too. It's kind of creepy and it, it, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of cool, but the okay. story is just not good. It's just so overt and in your face and it's like almost amateurish. Like it's not, it's, it's not Silent Hill. It's some weird psychological in your face horror thing. That's so scared that you won't get it, mm. but then it also undermines itself. So like there's, you know, who, who cares about spoiling this thing? But um, there's like a scene where, <laughs> you know, so like there's the content warning and then a big part of the game is like each chapter is split up where like the teenage girl kills herself at the end of each chapter, but then she like revives at the end. Oh. So it's like the first time you see it, it's like, oh, it's this is really shocking and interesting. They would go this far. But then the moment it happens, they give you a content warning saying this game has <laughs> like themes of suicide. If you need help, call this number. But they and have does another it. content warning inside of yes, it? Yes, yes. They oh, keep doing it. They keep doing oh. it every time something extreme happens. And it's like, oh. you're undermining oh. the horror every single time you do this because you can't like you can't just immerse yourself in the game. It's like, we're so worried about getting sued or something. We've got to keep shoving this content warning in your face. Oh. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like a parody. But um, so, I, you know, it's, if you talk, and it, so like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like Silent Hill, but I think it, there's like a framework of a decent horror game. Except the chase stuff is really annoying too, because you're like, the way it works is like there's a flower monster that like eats you if you get too close to it. Like if you bump into it, you, you instantly die and you got to restart from the beginning of the maze. Um, and so you, you do that in the first few times, it's kind of whatever. Um, but eventually it just gets so annoying because you can barely tell where you're going because everything's so dark and you're like twisting and turning and the, the maze gets really elaborate. And you just got to kind of memorize where you're supposed to go. I almost gave up at the very last one just because like, you know, I just don't care anymore. I gave it one more shot and I made it. And it's like, you know, I just, it's not like a fun challenge. It's just kind of like a time waster almost. Yeah. Like you're just kind of yeah. it is memorizing and doing waste. it. <laughs> It sure is free. Yeah, I, I think that was a good decision on their note. <laughs> it sure is free. <laughs> uh, um, so, and what really shocked me more than any of the shocking imagery at the end was that you look at the credits and uh, the, the composer is Akira Yamaoka, who did all the original Silent Hill games. So it's like, oh, that's why the sound design is like decent. It's like he did all the sound, he did all the music and like, oh, so that's like authentic Silent Hill. And then the creature design is done by Masahiro Ito, who is the artist from the original Silent Hill game. So it's like they got like the cred from like getting these guys back, but they like totally waste it with this just terrible story. That's not like, it, I mean, I don't know. I, they, it's difficult to do Silent Hill because just like if the, whoever's doing the Metal Gear re- stuff is like, you know, you, you can't you just, Kojima. you don't stand you, a chance. You're not, you're not these guys. And it's good, I, th- I guess, to be like, not even pretend to be, but at the same time, it's like, this isn't it. <laughs> like, if this is what the Silent Hill F is like, it's like, you know, F that. Um, but, yeah. but he's um, already got his subtitle ready, boys. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but you know, I guess what really annoyed me about it too is like the story themes they want to be like Silent Hill, and what how they interpret what being Silent Hill is like is like, oh, I have this trauma and I'm like amnesiac about it. I don't quite remember everything that happened to me, and at the end, here's a shocking plot twist of what happened, and that that's what they think Silent Hill is. But that's what Silent Hill 2 is. That's only what Silent Hill 2 is. Silent Hill 1, <laughs> 3, and 4 are not that. Mm. But every single game since Silent Hill 4, so 5, you know, like whatever it's called, Homecoming, Origins, Downpour, they're all exactly Silent Hill 2's plot, but with different set dressing. And this oh. game is also Silent Hill 2's plot with different set dressing. And it's like, if you're going to do something really different, I mean, just do something really different. And like, Silent Hill is not these very specific story tropes and it's annoying yeah. especially when you have the silent hill 2 remake <laughs> so Which it's looks like, like silent hill 2 with resident evil set dressing <laughs> right well and so ultimately like anthony says you're not hito kojima and you're not going to make silent hill 2 again even if you literally make silent hill 2 again you're not going to make silent hill 2 again <laughs> so um so like you know this Silent Hill 2 remake is almost like a curiosity. Like Silent Hill 2 is such a specific game made by a specific group of people at a certain amount of time. We're trying to recreate that. It just seems like almost like foolish. Like this isn't like the blockbuster that you recreate mindlessly. It's like this was like a specific team of artists who made something really unique and trying to like recreate it again. It's not going to have the same effect. I mean, it might be an okay game. I mean, I was actually kind of surprised with this new trailer. There actually is a lot of like beating monsters with sticks in the original Silent Hill 2. You, you do a I lot was of that. Ask about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not very complicated. It's like you press. It's a, it's a very easy game where you just like beat monsters, and it's it's almost like better if you don't beat the monsters because you can just run past them all for the most part. Oh. But but if you want the good rating, like the good ranking at the end, you got to beat like 50 monsters. So it's real annoying. But <laughs> so, combat, so combat is a part of it. It's not like having this was like, oh my it's God, not, what are they doing to the game? No, it, it's, it's fine enough. It's like, but it's not the highlight of the game. It's a weird thing to highlight. It's, you know, you know, you, you, you want to highlight like the psychological horror or like the art design, I think more than like you can shoot guys. That's not really the strength of Silent Hill too. You can shoot guys you can beat monsters with sticks, but that's not really what makes Silent Hill interesting. So, like, the idea that they're like, we gotta make a trailer for the combat of this game is like, I, it's like, what are you guys doing? But- <laughs> it's funny, when I, when I see this, uh, I, I'm not scared anymore. Like, you have just this montage of action the whole time. Right. It, it well, sends the wrong impression. I'm like, oh, like, this game yeah. isn't really all that scary. I just beat up on some folk. Yeah, f- yeah, fight some monsters, have fun, like folk, whatever. I don't know what those things are. I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're, they're Next folks, week yeah. we're unveiling the co-op <laughs> mode. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, they they won't go that far. But I mean, you know, it's just like when it, when Silent Hill went away, I kind of assumed it's because they knew they weren't really getting it. But when they bring this stuff out, I play the short message. I see this remake stuff. It's like. I still don't think they get it. And that's kind of unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like I'll, I'll play Silent Hill F. I'll, I might even play this remake just cause it's like such a weird thing to exist, but it's not something I'm overly excited for. So what's like the consensus online or maybe not consensus, but like kind of the dominant conversation happening with this combat trailer. 
I mean, I think for Silent Hill fans, it's just like, I mean, this isn't what we play Silent Hill for. Um, Because, I mean, it's like we've done this song and dance before, too. This is all in the game, so I I guess I'm playing Devil's Advocate right now, but like this stuff is in the game. We know it's in the game. We know... Right, it's just not what you... Silent Hill is a psychological game, thriller, whatever, horror, but... Well, and and I I feel for them. played it, like, this is... And I feel for them because it's hard to advertise a game like this. And I'm sure they're like, the the masses want combat. They want Resident Evil. So let's give them Resident Evil, right? Especially as um, popular as Resident Evil has been. Right. And so yeah, I'm sure so, they draw yeah, people in that way. But that's just not what Silent Hill is. And that's kind of Konami's issue is they like, they have a totally different kind of horror franchise, but they want it to be Resident Evil. And they're like, how do we, how do we compromise these things? And I really don't think you can. If they release a psychological horror trailer that more speaks to what Silent Hill is af- after this, does that redeem? Obviously, let's assume it's good. Can that redeem like the the conversation? I mean, it's this is going to be what it's going to be. You know, like I think a lot of Silent Hill people are going to be skeptical until it's out, and if they if people play it and they really like it, and then it's great. But no trailer is going to change people's minds at this point. I don't think. I mean, they. They, this kind of trailer probably does them more good than anything else because at the very least they'll get like coolest people being like, "Oh, you can shoot monsters in this." Man, I want to play that. <laughs> 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 so okay. I mean, you know, again, like you can, you, you just can't, you can't make Silent Hill two again, even if you make it again. It's just, I get it, but it's I still feel like Konami doesn't get it, which is whatever. I mean, it's it's fine. I would be surprised if Konami Konami didn't get it. Some of the ones I'll go over a little faster. The Hoyaverse. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Oh, you're good. Come on, you're good. Good. Yeah, review. Yeah, we've never had that on the Gaming Trend podcast. There you go. Thank you, Jack. Yeah. Uh, like Hoyaverse it. did their new Zenless Zone Zero that's coming to PS5. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the weirdest names ever. It's, but some they get played by millions of people. So I'm assuming it's going to be another hit, at least in Japan. So good on good on them bringing that to PlayStation. Uh, Dave, the diver has Godzilla coming in it. Like how's the indie game with Godzilla in it? (laughs) That's that's a crazy crossover for that game. There's been indie games with some pretty major uh, crossovers. (laughs) This one's this one's just just crazy though but it's uh it's also coming to playstation 4 and playstation 5 uh with godzilla gonna be there in may um the big one i know that jack is excited for sega's bringing back sonic generations uh but they're bringing shadow into it so yeah yeah what what do you think about that jack (laughs) well so i mean some of this stuff leaked beforehand so like when i saw like sonic generations remaster it's kind of like well, that's that you know that's fine. I mean, that's not really my top ten Sonics. I'm like excited to see you know like reconditioned or whatever you call it, <laughs> but whatever. But um, you know the Shadow stuff is exciting to me. So like I feel like the number one problem with Sonic these days is that uh, people at Sega no are huge guns. cowards. Yeah, they're huge cowards. They don't put guns in their games anymore. <laughs> um, they don't. 
they don't have any edge. They don't have any good stories. It all sucks. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and we just saw what so, guns did to Pokemon for Pokemon. So, yeah. See, I think it's great. Well, so you see Shadow here, and he looks like Shadow. He looks. He's doing the cool pose. He actually does the, like the gun pose. They took out his gun, but that's his pose where he's holding yeah, that, the gun. That was the pose, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I like this because they're they bring him back Shadow, who they just don't after like the decade of cowardice of like, they don't have like real stories. They don't know what to do with his character anymore. Like after they took away Sonic's like tone and just made it like generic adventures and like stuff, like they don't know what to do with this character who has like a complicated backstory and this tragic stuff happening to him. So he's just kind of like in the background of every game, like saying like, huh, or like whatever, like, they, so, <laughs> um, so they're bringing him back for this game and they're acknowledging that he has like a backstory in a game called Shadow the Hedgehog, which, you know, has its critics, I, I would say. Um, <laughs> the but, but I think acknowledging that stuff's important because I think it's like, it's annoying that they try to bury the past a lot. Like this, even like Sonic Generations was the last time they acknowledged like the entire sonic history like they even had yeah. sonic 06 levels and stuff right like they weren't scared of that and after sonic generations they got scared for a long time um and, <laughs> and so like this shadow of the hedgehog stuff has it's like one step i mean you know doing a sonic, sonic generations re-release that's not very brave i mean that's kind of that's kind of whatever but doing a whole shadow campaign that's entirely about shadow the hedgehog the video game that that's brave, and so I appreciate that, and so I'm excited to see what they do with that because apparently he's going to have like extra powers and stuff. It's supposed to be more involved than it looks. I mean, I I'm excited to see what they do with it, and look, he's doing like cool quick time event stuff. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's I think it's a good omen for once. Yeah. <laughs> the the fact that you're you're sitting here, you know, I, I've played quite a few Sonic games. But the fact that you're sitting here talking about like they're scared because like story stuff, I'm like I I don't know how many people actually play Sonic for like the character arcs and the story. Me, me. <laughs> yeah, clearly you do. Yes. Clearly you do. Uh, but I feel there's, like there's, you're a, there's a lot of minority. Us. No, I don't think I am. I don't think I am at all. Okay, yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sonic. I do. Yep. Yeah. Continuing on. I think, uh, you know, I think it, I, I will say this ahead. real quick. I, I just, I think growing up on original Sonic where there just wasn't a whole bunch of story and then you start seeing it once, you know, the Dreamcast, you know, Sonic Adventure into like they start inserting it. I feel like a different generation, like who started with that Sonic was like, oh, Sonic, like cool, like attached to that stuff. So like me, I'm not really like naturally attached to it in the same way. Well, and, and that's it's fine. I mean, it's it's kind of complicated though because Sonic always had stuff like this. It was just wasn't it, like brought over to Western territories. Well, that, so, like, and, but that's that's my point. Like, yeah, yeah, so, maybe like, it had so it's, in Japan. It's, it didn't have yeah. over here. Yeah, and so that there's a bit of a culture gap there where, yeah, I think there's some people who are like, like Genesis Sonic and only Genesis Sonic, and that's fine. But I think there's a wider... Oh, Sonic Adventure 2. Oh, yeah, yeah Sonic Adventure it. 2 is great, yeah. 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 Um, but you don't like Sonic Adventure 2's story, really? It's whatever. Really? Yeah, it's whatever. What about, it's what about, when, what about when Shadow dies at the end? Yeah, it's fine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's it, it's not like I don't know. It didn't it didn't feel like it tugged at me, you know, in all the kind of ways. But you know, like it didn't make me stop playing it. You know what I'm saying? Like I was intrigued. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like you know, with Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, for example, like it's a fine story. I played it through. I wanted to see what happened, but I'm not sitting here like I'm gonna. I love this. No, it's fine. Mm, okay. All right. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it is what it is, but I think there's lots of people who enjoy that aspect of Sonic. Sure, and yeah, I think I think true. it's good they're feeding into it. Because it's better than like whatever the heck they were doing with like Sonic, like what's it called? Lost World. Yeah, that, that was rough. That one yeah. was rough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, what's next? What's next is uh, another game that I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, Stellar Blade got, and it was similar to Rise of the Ronin. It got a extended look at the showcase. And I think the thing I'm most surprised about is that it's a, got a lot more depth to it than I thought it was going to have. I figured, you know, run around levels, slice up some some bad guys, like all that kind of stuff done, but there's actually a decent amount of story being told. There is like, it looks like a hub where you can talk with uh, different townspeople uh, that are a part of the story and that they won't necessarily like you right off the bat, but you do things for them as you're playing the game, like do like side missions and they'll actually open up to you. Maybe even it sounds like open, like, maybe shops place for you to shop and stuff like that because of you doing different things. Um, it actually, the, the gameplay itself looks like a lot of fun. It, it reminds me a lot of like devil may cry near. Um, it looks a lot like near. Yeah. yeah it, and it's, that's a very good thing to be emulating. I see why uh, as from what I understand, Sony originally, this was coming out on multiple platforms sony got involved and funded it and it became a playstation exclusive uh and then sony even sent devs over uh, i think the rumor i heard was santa monica like sent some devs over to actually give them some tips and pointers and try to help them uh to to make a great game and it's actually coming out soon it's coming out april 26th and I mean, all the gameplay I've seen, it's it's stunning. It looks fantastic. And I just I like what I'm seeing. Uh, Noah, this is one you may have a little more opinion on. Uh, what are you thinking on this one? Uh, I mean, I mean, kind of along the same lines as uh, what you talked about. Um, you know, when we first got like the tease up, I was like, OK, the combat's probably gonna be really good. But a lot of these games, the combat's really good and really fun, but the story's, you know, kind of weak and lacking, where this one looks to kind of be both really, you know, take both uh, sides of it and do really well. So the characters look very, like, they show a lot of different emotions in just a trailer, which I don't think you see too much in action heavy games there's a lot of depth in the characters it looks really emotional but yeah and then you get into the combat it's like yeah we're just gonna be buttery smooth great combat yeah i'm, I'm liking a lot of the the world building and and 
that like you mentioned the characters like there's so many cool looking characters like the yeah. the old dude who seems to be telling you stuff but he's like hooked up to a machine and all this kind of like it just the cyberpunkish aesthetic to it seems really neat this girl's uh default uniform though i mean her pants are shiny I'm like, <laughs> what is what material is this <laughs> Your whole outfit is just bling, just reflecting every light. <laughs> yeah, it just it just seems like there's a lot more to the game than we originally thought. And that's a really good thing because the gameplay already looked good. But with what it looks like, a lot of different ways to upgrade the character, a lot of some side missions and stuff like that, depth of story. Uh, it just seems like this could be, you see again, why Sony invested some extra into it to get this on their platform. Uh, it, it seems like it's going to be a, a really fun one to, to play. And, I, I mean, get the I impression they didn't really show a whole bunch at first. So it was kind of hard to get a feel of how you know what the game is now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is basically like, Oh, okay. Like this okay this is this is good <laughs> yeah before it's just kind of like well, all right this girl exists mm-hmm. and she's fighting stuff cool now we get a lot more and it's it is nice to see how deep it at least it looks yeah it looks very promising yep definitely definitely one of those that you're very happy that it got again that extended look where systems are explained and mm-hmm. like i said we can we can just use more of of that <laughs> um we're down to the last two things that we got uh i every time i watch a hideo kojima trailer i don't know what the heck is happening isn't it great I, it, it's like i love it and hate it at the same time because i'm like i really want to know what's happening <laughs> this looks re- this stuff looks really cool but i don't know what's happening because like Sam has a talking puppet and he's facing up against the the Joker who f- ends up fighting guitar. a robot samurai with a guitar. <laughs> like And the and the puppet is uh running at ten frames per second for some and, reason. And yeah. is apparently Alan Wake. <laughs> I mean, you know, like <laughs> I I do not know what the heck is going on, but it's uh, maybe that's what makes it so interesting is we want to find out what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, a girl has the hands as a mask. I'm like, what the frick is this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like they they ran they ran out of the regular masks. <laughs> so it's like at first it was before they started moving because like the hands start moving and it's kind of weird and stuff. But at first I watched it. I'm like, did she really just tie two rubber gloves together? Like, like, wait, are those hands? Yeah, that's the first and thing. Then I was I like, thought. wait, she's operating on the thing with her. What? What is happening? Yeah, it. it you really this? He has a way with making things that are just so over so the nice. top. Somebody's really bad at guess who. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's interesting. Like, that's that's the reason we keep coming back is he keeps making things that are really interesting. And this looks really interesting. I mean, the original game was. So. It, it, and he cuts such a good, tra- such good trailers. <laughs> 
that's, I, I don't even know. Just vomited a spaceship out of its mouth. <laughs> like, for those who are listening. I don't even know, man. And then this, where they're blue, I have no idea why this section <laughs> has the, has them as Smurfs. I <laughs> like. I, I thought my TV messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Like, did I put a well, the whole rest of the environment is fine. That's why it's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> like everything else is well, good. I was like, was he originally blue in the game? Yeah. I was like, no. I well, but then so. she turns blue, and it's like, yeah. what's going on? Like, is this going to be in the game? Did he accidentally leave this in? Did he like accidentally click the wrong shader? <laughs> like, it'll all make sense after you play both games and then read the lore guide. <laughs> right. <laughs> pretty much but again he cut such a good trailer it looks so good like it that this game looks like gorgeous like i i need to sit down and watch this trailer in 4k because just watching it on the stream looks incredible looks like yeah. there this is actually it's the same engine he he picked this engine uh it was a gorilla's engine decima the one that they made horizon the horizon games on and those look incredible, so it makes sense that Kojima's getting like this good of like graphical fidelity out of this. But just whatever tech he's using for the facial capture for the the characters and whatnot, it's spot on. Yeah, and no, I know it's, it's not. I know it's not always. I know it's not always like you. you the tech tech is getting really good, and you get this, but this is like flawless. There, there's just like something it. about this flawless. Um, the acting is good too. I like the little Joker character. I was yep. like, ooh, I like him. He, he, whoever's whoever's doing the acting for him, I'm I'm hooked. I think yep. that's Troy Baker. Yeah, I yeah. was like, did well, you not recognize him? Is that, well, Troy Baker no. is the Troy Baker's he, the the when he says Joker, I think he's talking about the little uh, puppet. Uh, oh, the puppet guy. No, I'm not talking oh, about the puppet. No, you're I'm not the, the guitar guy, right? Guitar slinging. Okay, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, the yeah, bad. He's the bad Troy guy of the first game. So that's yep. Troy Baker. Oh, is yeah. I, I didn't play yep. Death Stranding. That yep. game did not look interesting to me. But this this does. I don't see a whole bunch of carrying stuff. So, well, I, <laughs> well, I think it'll be there. But I'm I'm very I'm interested sure. to see if you still make pee and poop bombs. Oh, you have to. <laughs> that's and yes, that's that's that thing. is that if is an actual a baby thing. around. I would imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's uh just it's insane. Like it this this entire trailer is just absolute just balls to the wall insanity and at this point it's like people just let Kojima take up all of like a quarter of showcases at this point because at the game awards he was up there for like 10 minutes he didn't he didn't show anything really for (laughs) at the game awards he just had a couple facial scans Well, that but then was you the see a trailer like minutes. this, which is like, like 10 you, minutes long. Yeah, this, it's got like everything minutes, in it. But you get everything here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how can you have a 10-minute trailer and you walk away more confused than when you first came in? <laughs> like, exactly what he does. He does it extraordinarily He's a master well. of it. Um, yeah, it's yeah, really exciting. This, this is one of my... The what game, one of the games I'm looking forward to the most. So. Yeah, I, I think the biggest disappointment was just seeing 2025 because you were just hoping yeah. there was a slight chance that maybe this came out this year. So that that was a little bit disappointing that, that we will not see this as quickly as we had hoped. Yeah. It might be early 2025, though. Yeah, I could, I could see that because I could see one of Sony's other first party studios on the other side. 
So this guy, this guy is Troy Baker. Yes, this yep. is Troy Baker. Oh, okay. He actually, if you go, actor. if you go watch the first uh, Death Stranding two trailer, uh, Troy Baker is actually singing the song, and I really <laughs> need the the theme song. I really hope that they release that as a like standalone song because I really want to. Li- I like that song a lot, and I want Troy Baker's version of it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this is this is just an absolutely this whole moment is insane. <laughs> like th- this specific section that's showing in the video is just yeah. cuz all this stuff yeah. happens apparently uh David Flynn said that like there's this big thing that is revealed like in the dialogue that's just re- that just is kind of earth-shattering and then all of a sudden you go into that guitar robot fight yeah yeah which is again just straight up kojima that oh hey i'm gonna drop like the most something that's gonna rock your world and then a robot is going to fight someone with a guitar (laughs) yeah it reminds me a lot of the metal gear solid 4 trailers where it had like a six minute Mm -hmm. fight scene with raiden Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep only i guess the thing is you watch this kind of stuff and it's like only Hideo Kojima can make this and it work like people try <laughs> to do this and it you're like, this is stupid. Hideo Kojima well, does stupid, it and we sit here awesome. like, this is ridiculous and I'm totally here for it. <laughs> like just. Uh, yeah, this, yep. this, well, it works. <laughs> it somehow works. <laughs> somehow does. Yep. And everybody knows it works because guess what else happened after all of this happened? Hideo Kojima spoke more. Yes, he did. He talked with Herman Holst, (laughs) uh, which again, I I will say this again, Herman Holst needs to be on the screen for PlayStation a lot more because he has really good energy and he really should continue to be this face of brand energy. Like he, he has he, that like uber serious like yeah but i think i think he like especially like him interacting with hideo though at the end i could see a lot of genuine like interaction there and i think sure, that yeah. can be coaxed out of him whereas i don't think that was a part of jim <laughs> like sure, yeah it just felt like this is this is the persona of playstation yep. we want to keep doing do the jim ryan thing yep but i th- i think like give this guy a chance. I think he can do, I think he can do a good job with it. Like keep the, he can have the professionalism, but the fun at the same time. But that said, he talked with Hideo and they are coming out with, they've already signed him to another game. (laughs) And it is a, I'm assuming a spiritual successor to metal gear, because this is a next generation action espionage game. And of course, he had to come up with the most ridiculous name ever and call it Fizzent or whatever it I, it probably like it's probably pronounced thing. something completely different. Like he probably has some weird pronunciation for it. Faisant uh, or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one, one of the jokes that I made in one of the discord chats I was in is like <laughs> Konami comes knocking on the door. Is this Metal Gear Solid? And then and <laughs> Herman Hole says, no, it Fizzent. <laughs> 
That's well, yeah, it's hard to find that. that joke. Why was it you who found that one? <laughs> and then one of my friends is like, Hideo Kojima's in the background filing off serial numbers of things. <laughs> like, it's just trying to keep... It's like, no, this isn't it. I promise. <laughs> Well, it's kind of hard to read this and OD as anything else but like a screw you Konami, right? Like OD is obviously picking up on his PT ideas and an action yeah. action espionage. He's making another Metal Gear. It's not called Metal Gear. I mean, it's oh, like yeah. I mean, if the guy makes something good, yeah, you, no, it's, you might it's, as well pay him fine. to do it. And yeah, I, well, it's, where does he find the if, time? Uh, whoever, whoever, <laughs> you know, the snake will be. Um, would still be voiced by David Hayter. That would be yeah. well. Kojima hates David Hayter. That's that's the whole beef. He he replaced him with Kiefer in MGS Five, and that was a whole big deal. I remember you yeah. replaced him. I didn't know he hated him though. Well, I, I don't, hates maybe a strong word. It's more like he doesn't care. He exists. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know that, that went down. Yeah. So I keep because he kept like Snake's Japanese voice actor, even though Kiefer was doing the performance. But he's like, yeah, yeah. David Hayter can go. what's really interesting though is how he talked about like sony and the ability they have with movies and tv and stuff so i'm curious if they aren't going to be working this fizzant or whatever into like other media already yeah there's a death stranding movie already coming right yep so it's it's just it's cool because you know he had Hideo Kojima loves music and movies like he loves just entertainment as a whole mm-hmm. so it's kind of neat that he has this access now that he didn't have he, so he's going to be really heading up a lot of these different things and it's uh, man it's this is just kind of nuts of but at the same point it's like if the dude asks wants to make something for you or has an idea you just sit there and you throw the entire like you throw all your resources behind him he, he's an easy he's an easy person to throw all your resources behind because everything he does has a uniqueness to it that no one else manages to do and again it it tells you that they're throwing all their resources behind them when they literally film this at columbia pictures <laughs> yeah. so like they are obviously making plans on whatever it is and you know smart by sony to be like everybody was wondering with the whole xbox deal oh is this is xbox stealing kojima away from sony is sony like and instead it's like nope i'm making death stranding too and guess what i've already signed a deal with so- sony to do this next game so and he he must be building a big team over over at uh over at kojima productions because he's has death stranding and od running side by side and then the death stranding team is going to be going on to visit so Kudos cool to that him. He keeps, yeah, it's cool that he's got the pipeline and all figured out and these stuff's moving. So, I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's going to be a long time before Fizzant's like a real game, but yeah, but it's, it's good to know he keeps getting work. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so many, like, like you said, so many people have gone from losing their jobs to like obviously not being a part of the industry again or having to, or, or being starting something new, but being so low or level, if that makes sense. Like they've, that somebody will start something, but it's so entry level in the industry. Like you hear these big names, oh, we started this studio, but it's all, it ends up something really small scale. Whereas I, I don't, it, 
Kojima didn't. <laughs> he he walked out the door and pretty much had a like it was like okay, so who wants me nice to make a game for them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody showed up. Was like here you go, anything you want. And, and that's the thing is it's an anything you want deal here. Like Xbox backed up the Brinks truck, I'm sure, and PlayStation was like, "Here, we we have movie studios. We have heck, they'd give him they here Sony Sony Music. <laughs> go on, go ahead, go in, do what you want." <laughs> yeah. He became the number one desired free agent, basically. Yep. And like you said, it's great to see him thriving after a bad situation that, that very easily could have been his downfall in retirement. Yeah, yeah, like I, you know, like all those Konami people have all kind of found their own way. Like um, Koji Garashi from Castlevania, he's got his own studio. He's doing the Bloodstained games. Um, Toyama, I think, is his Kichiro Toyama, uh, who did the Silent Hill games, has his own studio. They're doing Slitterhead, um, and yeah, Kojima's got his empire. So it's it's cool to see all these people get away from Konami and just to kind of do what they want. Yep. Agreed. All right, that'll do it. That's yep. the, that's all the state of play, right? Yep, that's the state of play. Is that's, what, that's the state up. of play. There, there was a couple. <laughs> there was a couple little things that were in there, but uh, that I think we missed. But that'll be all right. Yeah. All right. Cool. That'll do it for us this week. Oh we'll yeah. Be back. Uh, this yeah. This one. I mean, by the time you listen to it, it'll be embargoed. Yeah. Embargo up for. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, so uh, thanks for watching, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Peace. Peace.